Attention. Attention. This is not a self-help podcast. Hello. I am not going to lie to you. I'd like to stay honest. I was quite nervous about recording this week because I haven't done a solo episode in months, probably a year. I have said it before and I'll say it again. The podcasting world is kind of becoming this race to book the best guest. And, you know, I'm a little tired of it. The amount of episodes that I've recorded with people that have never been uploaded because guests are not the end or be all. And I appreciate the time and effort that have been put into coming on the show, recording with me, but sometimes people come and they don't bring their A game. And these episodes will just never see the light of day. So anyway, um, since I was quite nervous, I'm a little bit rusty. I just thought I'm going to jump straight into tip of the week. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. I've made a recent discovery that was inspired by a comment that I received on the beach. So, you know, I was sunbathing, loving my life on the beach in Israel. And a person decides to tell me, oh, my gosh, like look at your face. You got a little bit of peach fuzz. And I pride myself in being a non-hairy Jew. That is kind of my signature. And, you know, when you get tanned, your skin obviously gets darker. When you already have light hair, the hair gets blonder. So I'm now having really, really tanned skin, which I shouldn't be having, but I made an exception this time after this lockdown. And I'm having these blonde hairs that kind of really stick out and the peach fuzz was made very, very obvious. Now, I wasn't going to go for threading because that is painful as fuck and no one should ever have to endure that pain. And also I didn't really want to wax my face because when you have a tan, if you wax your face, you basically have a strip that will just remove the tan and your face will have two colors and no one fucking wants that. So anyway, I've made this discovery that is called derma planning. And in case you don't know what that is, it's the act of having this little tool that basically exfoliates slash shaves the peach fuzz from your face. And I know what you're thinking. I don't want to fucking shave my face. It is not a razor. It's a a blade. It's a blade that gently just removes the peach fuzz and removes the dead skin cells. I was afraid to try it myself and I didn't care what all these people fucking said because they wanted to sell their products because deep down I knew that my hair was going to grow back thicker and darker because I'm always the exception to the rule. If something shitty is going to happen to someone, it's always going to happen to me. And I thought I have barely noticeable peach fuzz. No, my friends, this works. There is actually a science behind it that peach fuzz is a type of hair that does not grow thicker and it does not grow darker. I decided to take the risk and test it for myself. And let me tell you, my skin is fucking glowing. I don't have nasty, white, disgusting hairs. And also because it gets rid of dead skin cells, it actually makes your skin absorb all your skincare just so much more. It's an all-round win. You must try it. So my recommendation is to go for the biodegradable ones because they are more sturdy and they're better for the environment because you can only use them a couple of times so you're going to have to throw them out. You want to use a product so you're not irritating the skin while you're performing your derma planning. So what I use is a cleansing balm just to lubricate a little bit so you're not getting irritation. You have to be very gentle, 
go from top to bottom downwards, like in downwards motions, very slow, and you'll be set. I have two product recommendations for this. Obviously, I have an Amazon option because when have I not? The biodegradable ones, I will put the link in the podcast description. But I've also came across this small business called Bondi Blades. It is Australian. They also make the biodegradable ones and their branding is just so good. And they actually educate you on the quality of the hair that is peach fuzz and why it isn't going to grow thicker and grow darker. So I actually swear by this now. Let's normalize shaving our faces. But I know it's not really shaving. You get what I'm saying. We are women. Women, you know, I'm not the type of feminist that's going to think it's okay for me to not shave my armpits. Like I'm a full believer that you should be groomed at all times. And that's probably never going to change for me. I'm never going to be a non-groomed person. And if that ever happened, no one would probably fucking see it. (sighs) The beauty of this podcast is that it is my own and I can say whatever the fuck I want. And with that comes the opportunity to say something and then change my mind from week to week. And let me tell you, I'm a woman, I'm emotional, I'm irrational, and I change my mind a lot. I always tell people if I became, you know, a reality TV person, which would never fucking happen, I would get called out so many times for not getting the story straight and not making sense because I could be one person on Tuesday and a completely different person on a Friday. So to those of you who have listened to the podcast, it has been a joy introducing you to all seven of me in the last couple of years. I wanted to continue on the sales discussion that I had with Maddie last week because many people were kind of obsessed and intrigued with me not doing sales because I feel like it's kind of it's definitely a Narsoli thing to say. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being the arsehole who thinks she's too good for a sale. It wasn't really the discussion. If you listen to the previous episode, you'll understand that clothes are a direct reflection of who you are. And I don't want to be the sad, lonely, stained dress that has been thrown around all year. That is not what I want to be as a person. Let me just tell you that this week I had a revelation and a big change happened because I participated in a sale. But it wasn't any sale. I was convinced by my boyfriend to indulge in a Harrods sale. Harrods London. If you don't know what that is, please get alive, get off social media, stop stalking people on Instagram and get your shit together. One good thing came out of this lockdown and that is the Harrods sale. Harrods right now is the hidden gem that was recently brought to my life and I can officially say that I stand corrected. Don't get me wrong. I love a discount. I buy random cheap shit on Amazon all fucking day. I'm not above a cheap hack, but in my world, the cheap hack is not going to a store, looking through disgusting, dirty, smelling racks of clothes and desperately trying to find something that kind of fits me just because it is on sale. I like to shop more intentionally than that. So I go to Harrods. Apparently, I had a face on me the whole time because looking through these racks of clothes was just really painful. It it, it was like a stab in the heart for me. You know, I'm also a big productivity um, enthusiast. So I'm not the most productive person, but I do try to always find hacks to be more productive. And I just find the process of going through the sales rack very unproductive because it's a waste of time. But... I am going to tell you that I did find two items that 
were not sad, were not stained and hadn't been thrown around. Harrods has so much stock that they need to get rid of post pandemic. And that is one of the only positive things that came out of the pandemic. And I just found things that were obviously designer overpriced that no one had purchased during the pandemic, but that were just so amazing. I couldn't understand why they were still for sale. So, you know, got this amazing jacket and a cute, adorable little off-white bag, which by the way, fucking hate myself for getting an off-white bag because they are going to go out of fashion so soon. But it was these miniature bags that are so overpriced. This is not the bag that you don't want. This is the bag that you do want, but can't justify spending 600 pounds on because it doesn't even fit your fucking phone. I have a ton of these bags that don't fit my phone. They're very on trend at the moment. But when I saw the price tag, which was 169 pounds, I had to get it. And this is why I stand corrected. This is the only time I will understand a sale. When an item is so cute and you really do want to wear it, but the price doesn't justify the functionality of the item because it's more of a fashion statement, you go to the Harrods sale, you get a fucking bargain. And I wear the bag all the time. This is not something that I got just because it was on sale. It was something that I got because I felt amazing about the discount. And that's all I'm going to say. And so I do understand the principle of sales now. I've changed my ways, but it doesn't mean I'm going to go to a store and just look at random things because they're on sale and buy and stress buy a bunch of stuff because they're on sale. I don't know if that made sense, but if any one of you relates to what I'm talking about, maybe let's discuss it on the Facebook group. I don't know. Not to mention in the age of online shopping and getting anything I want delivered on the same day. Doing a sale is time consuming. I need my shit delivered. And if I'm going to spend time, you know, looking for something amazing for me to be able to wear, it's going to be really fucking worth it. For me, the off-white bag was definitely worth it. And I will stand by that. I just briefly mentioned trendy because, you know, I did say the tiny bags, like the Jacquemus bag, the miniature bags are very trendy. And I'm the first person to shame a trend when it is fucking stupid, which, you know, let's not lie. The tiny bag is stupid. It can't fit my phone, but it fits my credit cards. It fit, it fits my keys. It stops me from overpacking random shit in my bags. And I do like them. And to be fair, my phone is always in my hand anyway. One thing, one trend that I cannot get behind is the phone chain summer beaded bullshit jewelry that everyone seems to be wearing. You know, having a beaded phone chain, phone hanger, whatever the fuck you call it, and a beaded, colorful, rainbowy, smiley face necklace is not a personality trait. That is not something that makes you trendy. It is not something that makes you cool. And call me old, but I just think past the age of 28, it is socially unacceptable to be seen wearing a high school friendship summer camp beaded necklace. That stupid phone hanger that everyone seems to be wearing. I'm not going to lie to you. I bought one myself. I thought this is cute. This is overpriced. It's obviously a statement. I'm all about accessorizing my phone. But this piece of shit chain, first of all, makes me look like a dumbass who cannot be taken seriously at a meeting. Number two, doesn't help me in any way, shape or form. 
the off-white doesn't help me, but it really elevates my outfits. And I think that if I'm wearing a very boring, bland black outfit, the bag accessorizes the outfit. I'm all about accessorizing. So I don't even understand how I'm against this trend. This little chain thing is supposed to be going around your wrist, you know, to hold your phone safely. I've never seen one single person wear this chain around their wrist. Not to mention, we are now buying larger phones with crazy cameras to take photos and the chain always gets in the way of the camera. When something makes your life significantly more difficult, I need to understand why people think it's okay to have this chain on a phone. I don't think it elevates your style. I think that whatever you have in your wardrobe that looks premium, that looks classy, that looks polished, it just completely negates that. To be trendy, you have to know what works for you. And when you are past the age of 28, this stupid accessory does not work for you. Also, needless to say, you can just go buy some beads on Etsy and make it yourself. Nobody needs to go buy an overpriced $50 phone fucking chain. I've spent hundreds, probably thousands of dollars on phone cases and pop sockets, but that shit protects my phone. The pop sockets stop my little pinky finger from getting deformed because I don't know if you've seen that on the internet, but your pinky finger is definitely getting deformed because of the way you're holding your oversized phone. Let's talk about the bachelorette for a bit because I feel I need to apologize for my lack of commentary last week. I was very vocal about my thoughts on Katie and the guys, but I kind of forgot a minor little detail. I I was very confused as I was recording with Maddie because, you know, she was talking about Andrew and about Blake and I kind of went a bit quiet because I thought, you know, maybe Maddie is making all these assumptions based off of the two seconds she's seen, you know, these guys. And I realized that... In the UK, we get the episodes a couple of days later. So I hadn't actually watched the latest episode when Maddie came on the show. And she spoke about Andrew and I just kind of said, yes. Andrew has made his way to the top for me, along with Greg. But then I found out that Greg is an actor. So I don't know how much I believe all his crying. That's some real manhood right there. Like, I love a guy that is emotionally aware and emotionally in tune. Despite the comment that Katie made, you know, that about Greg's resting sad face, I can't unsee it now. I appreciate a guy who is emotional and who is sensitive. Maybe it's just post-lockdown brain where I just love seeing people being emotional because being alone in my apartment, just podcasting and interviewing people just made me very emotionally inept. I've really enjoyed watching this. I have to say a lot of people are saying that this is one of the most authentic seasons we've seen. I really truly feel like I'm living the dates with Katie, that I'm feeling the feels with Katie. And honestly, I hate to be that cheesy person, but I just put it all down to she is so authentic. She brings it out of the guys and we are getting authentic reactions out of the guys. Now, obviously, we know that not everyone is there for the right reasons. Like we've had this chat already, but I do think that whatever conversation they have, when they have a kiss, when they have an intimate moment, it all comes from her just making them feel like they can be authentic because she is so unapologetically herself. I really appreciate that about Katie. I've listened to a couple of interviews with her and everything she says, I just think she is such a gorgeous, beautiful girl who is happy with who she is and who is not shy to talk about her insecurities, but who is mature enough to own them. And I think that is so refreshing in a bachelorette. And it's something I 
appreciate about her and about the show. Have you guys watched Too Hot to Handle? Because I thought that the second season was going to be a flop. Personally, I thought nothing is going to be able to top Harry and Francesca's love drama and the novelty of it. People didn't know what they were getting themselves into. I am so invested in their lives. I have followed all of them on Instagram. I still don't follow all of the housewives on Instagram and I talk about them weekly. I am desperately waiting for a post from Carly, from Cam, from Emily, from Melinda. Melinda is on another fucking level. She annoyed me at first. The squeaking, the overexcitement really bugged me. When she finally settled into her normal self and, you know, calmed the fuck down a little bit, I fucking loved watching her. The the same happened for Carly, by the way. At the beginning of the season, I really could not stand her. I thought she was dumb as shit. Everything she was saying just was, I could not watch it. And as as the season went along, I got to know her and thought, you know, she's cool girl next door. She dropped the, I'm such a player. You know, I used to say I'm a fuck girl. You know what? I spent my winter crying over a guy um, that I'm now dating. So fuck you. But I used to pride myself in being a fuck girl. Nobody fucking likes the fuck girl. Honestly, if you're not a crazy psycho who is going to lose your shit crying hysterically over a guy, no one wants to fuck with you. I think. I have fully embarked on this amazing journey that I like to call lazy girl summer. I'm very, very triggered and very bugged by the term hot girl summer. Why does it, why do we have to be hot? And I know that some people are trying to twist the story and say, hot girl summer is about embracing yourself and no bitch, not everyone is hot. There's nothing about me that feels hot. And you know, the motivational bitch on Instagram will tell you, but it's about being your hottest self. It's about loving yourself. It's about, you know, owning yourself. No, I cannot own myself as a hot girl right now. I am owning my laziness. I am owning my loneliness. And I've actually really been enjoying my own company, which is probably why there's a slight lack of plot twist slash interesting stories on the podcast. But to be honest with you, I don't really fucking care to be hot. I want to be comfortable. I want to be in my house. I want to be labeling my spice jars and my shampoos and conditioners and wipe surfaces and walk my dog, come on the mic, have a therapeutic rant. And that is what my summer looks like. I need every person on TikTok to stop talking about hot girl summer. Summer is pressure. Summer is overrated. Summer makes you feel like you need to be doing things, seeing people, getting a tan, getting a good body so you're able to wear specific outfits. None of that shit for me this year. None of that shit. I'm barely holding on to what was left of my dancer body post lockdown. And I I don't want to be in a situation where I'm made to feel like I need to be skinny. I need to be hot. I need to be happy. I need to be social and I need to be approachable and lovable and cute. And if you are not agreeing with me and if we're not on the same page, if you are living your best hot girl summer, I'm terribly, terribly sorry for the months of suffering you've had to endure doing home workouts from a small screen in your apartment with your sad yoga mat. And I believe it's more important to just surrender to lazy girl summer, to ease back into, you know, getting social, getting out of the house, being seen, ease back into maybe fighting your social anxiety, because I know a lot of us are suffering from that right now. And that's all I have to say about lazy girl summer. Enjoy, chill, 
do things that are good for you, get a massage, do some skincare, pet your dog. And you know what? I've been living that way and I'm... I was able to date. I was able to develop a relationship as I'm living my laziest, grossest life. So if I can do it, you can do it too, my friend. I was actually going to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week. And in case you were bored of my rants, I'm very passionate about talking about all the things that I hate. And if your brain is exploding with all this overflow of negative information, I'm going to let you on a little bit of a cliffhanger and wait till next week to give you my real thoughts because they are controversial. They are unpopular. You're not going to love what I have to say about some of the housewives. But you know what? It's all going to happen next week. <laughs> 